statement. Christ fills all in all. And before we get into it, I want any of you to try to come up with what in the world that means. Anybody want to take a stab at it? What does it mean that it says in verse 23 that Christ, the head of the church, fills all and is in all? Anybody know? I don't want to look dumb. We won't embarrass you. Anybody want to try it? Last chance. Oh, all right. Can't wait to hear this answer. Yes, sir. That's good. I appreciate your, you being brave and being the only one raising your hand to attempt to answer that. And that's part of the answer. That Jesus Christ, living out in them, carries out His righteousness because it's Jesus doing it. And then to take it a little bit further to help us understand it, and the verse says here, He put all things under His feet, gave Him His head over all things to the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him who fills all in all. So what does this mean? First, to understand it, I guess first I need to get some of your favorite superheroes. Some people give me some superheroes that you say, and I've heard even people argue over this, who's the best superhero, which is really weird and ironic because uh, <laughs> they are fictional. Um, it's kind of like uh, Philadelphia having a statue of Rocky. You know, it's like, uh, huh, got a statue to a fictional character, but whatever. Uh, who's their favorite superhero? Thor. Captain America, Iron Man, Batman, Superman, the Hulk. Let's go over here. Batman, Flash. All the way in the back, yes. No, no, I'm sorry, yeah. Iron Man, Hulk. Anybody Green Lantern? Anybody? I like the Green Lantern just because my favorite color was green, so I always liked the Green Lantern. So let's think about this. Let's focus. All right, superheroes, listen up. So you think about your superheroes. And although your superheroes have some really amazing powers and they can create, even like Iron Man, design their own spacesuits and they can fly around. And Superman, he, you know, the, those who like him are like, well, I don't even need a suit to fly, so you're dumb. Uh, and so you can argue back and forth who has the best power, this and that. But... The reality is, all your superheroes are fictional, number one. But even if they weren't, they are limited. Right? All your superheroes are limited. Whether it's Superman with the kryptonite, whether it's Iron Man with that big, huge uh, enemy he had to face where he just got thrown around like a little ragdoll. Uh, they're all limited. They're all finite. They're all, they all have issues and they're all susceptible to things. And they can't be everywhere at once. But Jesus here, He can be anywhere, inhabit anything, invade any space, transform any life, and make His presence felt in a very real way, however He chooses. Jesus can do all that. And that's what it's talking about when He says He's all in all, is that He can fill anything He so desires. But we, we are finite, limited beings. Not quite superheroes, although some of you boys might think you are. Just try to jump off a big house and see what happens. No, don't do that. Uh, but here's the crazy part. 
Here's how it ties into the church. That He chose to use finite, limited, sin-filled beings to fill the world with His love. And that's how you are His body. Is that He chooses to use you to fill all in all. To be who you should be among the world, wherever He's called you to be. So here's what's important. One of the most important things is what makes you special? That you would be chosen to be His church. Did you, you know, read the Bible from start to finish and God said, oh, you can be part of the church? Did you obey your parents every time they told you to do something for an entire year straight? All right, boom, body of Christ, you're in. No. It's through Jesus Christ's shed blood on the cross, His death, burial, and resurrection that you get the privilege to be part of the body of Christ. And that you get to be chosen to be used to be Jesus who fills all and is in all. And so it's important for us to get that, what's going on here, that God fills everything with His authority as a risen ruler. Christ's resurrection and exaltation overall is an important thing to cover too. Let's look at, uh, I think we have a slide on this, verses 20 to 22. It takes us back there to the previous verses. Ephesians 1, 20 to 22. Let's look at that. That He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And He puts all things under His feet and gave Him His head over all things to the church. Gave Him His head. Now here's, a, here's an interesting thing. Look at the middle of that verse. Actually, the top of that verse. He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named. It's kind of interesting what He does here. You know, he says, that, you know, for us, we can see Jesus as ruler, maybe in our own homes. How many of you come from a home that most of the people in your home believe in Jesus? Raise your hand. That's most of you. Put your hand down. So for most of you, it's easy for you to see possibly that Jesus is ruler in your home. That Jesus rules over your home. Now sometimes when your parents are arguing and stuff, you're like, oh, where would Jesus go? Jesus didn't go anywhere. It was, it was their problem, okay? But it's, it's easy for us to imagine that. But imagine Jesus, now go around the world with me, imagine Jesus filling all in all, even in places like, Rwanda, and Darfur, and Sudan, and places where horrible killings have taken place. Children being forced into armies. Children being forced to kill their own parents. Imagine that. Is Jesus really ruler? And some of you that don't understand that, need to, you need to talk to your parents about world events. Because some of you are looking surprised. Because you guys need to be praying for these countries and these kids and these families. Is Jesus ruler there though? Did Jesus forget them? It's easy for us to imagine Jesus being ruler in our families, but is He ruler there as well? So what you need to picture Him as is 
a king over territories. But some of those territories haven't quite been conquered yet, so to speak. Those territories have rebellion in them. Those territories have people rising up against His kingship. And He has called His body, the church, to fill those areas with His love. To be so loving, so caring, and so Gospel-centered that all those dark places are filled with Jesus because you are being the church. Because the people in Africa who are the church are being the church and then they start to spread God's love and it starts to fill all in all. And so Jesus Christ is ruler. Jesus Christ has the victory because He won it on the cross. God won that victory through His Son. But it doesn't mean there's still not rebellion. They're still not fighting against that. And you see some of those things that happen. But He will accomplish His purpose in everything. It's important for us to get that. Those key words there, all things. Look at the bottom of that quote. He put all things under His feet. That He will subject all things to Himself one day. And that He will use His church to accomplish that task. So the first observation is that the church is the body of Christ. Second is that Christ fills all in all. And the last is that the church is Christ's fullness. We go back to verse 23 and see that where the church is Christ's fullness. Verse 23, which is His body, the fullness of Him who fills all in all. Now it's kind of interesting for us to think about that. You know, It boggles our minds sometimes that Christ's body is His fullness which fills all in all. Now, how does that fit together with what we've said already? You know, we've said that Christ asserts His authority, and He can do that over all things, and He uses the church to do that. But what does that mean? It's kind of interesting. Ephesians 3.10 gives us a clue to the meaning of that if you jump over two chapters. It's just a simple verse. Uh, I think it's, uh, yeah, Ephesians 3.10. Is that up there? Right, Ephesians 3.10. Yes. So that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. It's an interesting thing that he points out here. That Christ's authority, the mystery of Christ, His manifold wisdom, might be made known through the church to the rulers, the authorities, and heavenly places. Now that's weird. Because if you really look at it, is he saying that the first priority of the church is to make known his gospel among other people? What do you think the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places means? Any ideas? Well, it's not your friends, because they're not in heavenly places, right? If it's not people, is it animals? Animals in heavenly places? I don't think so. Some of you might think all dogs go to heaven, but it's not true. Uh, sorry to bust your bubble. Uh, so, if it's not people, it's not animals, what's left? Think. Use your brain. Angels and demons. What? We're talking about the body of Christ, Tim. What are you talking about angels and demons? It's here. The church is actually 
as they live out, as you live out the body of Christ in the church, you actually may make manifest Jesus Christ to people, or not people, to beings in authorities in heavenly places. What a weird concept. Isn't that weird? That you as the church might think of yourself as just assembling together and this is you, you get together for C groups and you're the church, you're studying God's Word and you reach out and you share the Gospel and you be the church. But it's kind of interesting that Paul actually tells you first, you are actually an example to the heavenly beings, to angels and demons. That you actually manifest Jesus among heavenly places. Isn't that a crazy concept? Have a conversation with your parents today about that. See what they think. might blow their minds. Ephesians 3.10 is your reference, just in case they say, where in the world did you get that from? So what's going on here is that God means to fill the habitations of demons with a manifestation of His wisdom. And then we see the church as the embodiment of Christ. God aims to fill the universe with the glory of His Son, Jesus, by making the church the showcase of His perfections. Or put it another way, include the idea of the body. God means to fill the universe with the glory of His Son by putting the church on display as the the embodiment of His Son. So here's this as we finish up here. He wants to put you as the church, the group of believers here, on display. You ever go to a, a larger city? I visited New York a number of times. I grew up near there, and there's a place called Macy's. Not just any old Macy's. This is like the Macy's that's like 15 stories. And in the front windows on the on the street at Christmas time, they go crazy with decorating, and it's unreal. It's so unreal that people wrap around the block, and this is in the winter time in New York City, very cold, and they wrap around the block just to see what they came up with in these windows. And they're fascinated. People are, I've never <laughs> been dumb enough to wait in line that long. But some people love it. I'm sorry, but they do. Maybe some of you would too. I know Dave would probably like it. But, uh, as our high school pastor, Dave, wave everybody. So, here's the windows. And it's so, uh, and I've seen pictures, so that's, that's good enough for me. But it's so amazing what they come up with, these creations, and it's all on display. People are walking by and looking at these displays and saying, wow, how'd they do that? How'd they get that little guy up there? And they're just going crazy over this stuff. But the reality is, as the church, the body of Christ, you are actually on display as Jesus. Do you understand that? Do you get that? Because if you got that, something tells me it might change your actions. If you really understood that you as the church, the body of Christ, you embody Jesus to the world. You have Jesus on display to everybody to see. You are like that window in Macy's. And it says Jesus on the top, and then what are you doing? You're like, man, put like a curtain over my display. (laughs) Put like work in progress, you know, uh, come back later couple years maybe Jesus calls you his body he calls you the church and he calls you to embody himself again nothing you've earned 
and nothing you do to impress somebody, it's Jesus living out in you. So he gave himself as head over all things to the church. And so it's important for us to think about this. And here's a quote from Piper, John Piper. Uh, it's a great quote on this. He says, Now, my son, take this as your charge to you as we get ready to go to our groups. Now, my son, you and those with whom you are united as head to body, go forth in the universe and fill it with all that you are in your body. Let everything from the highest heaven to the lowest hell be filled with the revelation of your glorious perfections in the form of a chosen, destined, blood-bought, called, justified, holy, glorified, and infinitely everlasting, satisfied people, your body, the church of the living God. You are Jesus' body. As we get ready to study the body of Christ, I wanted you to have this perspective first, that you are living out Jesus' body, that you are called to fill all in all, meaning to share God's love wherever you go, whether it's to Temple, to Belton, Salado, Academy Holland, Troy, wherever it is you live, and then to the surrounding communities, all into the nations. You are called to be Jesus and to fill, him, fill the world with His love. So it's a great challenge, and hopefully that changes your perspective on what church is for and what it means for you to call yourself a part of the church. I pray that you see that, this big thing that you're called to, which is the body of Christ. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to show a video, and as soon as the video is done, you're going to your breakout rooms, so you can just go down the hall, and um, you can walk down there. Leaders, why don't you guys go ahead to your rooms so you can kind of Welcome your kids in there and uh, head to your rooms first. And I'm going to pray and then we're going to show this video. As soon as the video is done, you can head out. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for this day. We thank you that you've called us to the church. We thank you that you've called us to be your children and to be your love to others. In your name we pray. Amen.